Welcome to the New York State Bar Association's Miranda Warnings, where we debate, discuss, and dive into law-related issues important to all of us. I'm Dave Miranda, past president of the New York State Bar Association and partner at the intellectual property law firm of Heslin, Rothenberg, Farley, and Messina. This week on Miranda Warnings, with the start of the shortened baseball season upon us, we're going to talk today about baseball. And the only thing better than baseball is a lawsuit about baseball. And our guest today to talk about his lawsuit involving baseball is Ben Micellis. Hi, Ben. How are you? Thanks for having me on the show. It's great to have you, Ben. Ben is a partner at uh, Garagos and Garagos in Los Angeles. He heads the firm's civil litigation practice. Uh, ben has many high-profile clients, including Colin Kaepernick in his collusion case against the NFL. Uh, Ben's going to talk to us today about his representation of former Blue Jays pitcher Mike Bolsinger, who's suing the Houston Astros for allegedly ruining his career as a relief pitcher as a result of a game that occurred on August 4th, 2017. Uh, Ben, tell us a little bit about the lawsuit that you have against the Houston Astros. Sure. Well, we filed this lawsuit uh, several months back at this point. Uh, before uh, the global pandemic. A lot has, you know, obviously changed since then, including the fact that there has not been a baseball season as of yet. But the lawsuit relates to the Houston Astros cheating scandal, um, where it's since been uncovered that the Astros were deploying technological devices um, to steal the signs that the catcher would give the pitcher to indicate, you know, what pitch was going to be thrown. And then they would relay that information to the Astros batter who was hitting. So basically the batter knew pretty much at all times what pitches were going to be thrown, um, which gave the batter clearly an unfair advantage when you perform at the level of Major League Baseball to know what, um, you know, pitches are being thrown. You know, and what the lawsuit makes clear is, you know, you know, baseball is a sport and we all love it as a sport, but it's also a business and hundreds of thousands or tens of millions and hundreds of millions of dollars um, are transacted on each pitch. Um, And the same way theft of a business secret in any other business is not okay and would be called a tort, a legal wrong in those sectors. Similarly, it should be no different in baseball. And so The lawsuit, while framed under different titles, you know, of causes of action, tortious interference with economic relations, unfair business practices. At the end of the day, we're saying an economic wrong was committed when you stole the signs of Mike Bolsinger, who was a Toronto Blue Jays pitcher, who's my client. Um, You you figured out and you knew every pitch he was going to throw. Um, as a direct and, and proximate result of you stealing his signs on this particular game, he got fired right after that game um, because he was a journeyman pitcher who each game mattered, and he lost his career as a result. And just because it's baseball, you know, it doesn't change the fact that a wrong was committed. Right. Now, you said he was a journeyman pitcher, and for those of you who are not familiar with baseball, that means he, he was kind of on the cusp. He was a relief pitcher. Um, it could go either way. He had some success. He had some, uh, he had some uh, lack of success. 
this particular season, he was uh, had a 5.49 ERA when he came into the game. Uh, by the time he left, uh, he had a 6.31 ERA. And just also to, to give some clarity about what was going on and what the commissioner found, the commissioner found that the Houston Astros had uh, someone in center field with a camera uh, who was watching the opposing catcher's uh, signs to the pitcher and then relay those signs to the Houston Astros clubhouse. And the clubhouse would then relay to the batter via a bang on a garbage can or a whistle indicating whether the pitch coming in was a breaking ball or a fastball. And so the Houston Astros batters knew what kind of pitch was was coming in. And uh, you've uh, indicated in, in the complaint that you've brought here that uh, Mike Balsinger threw 29 pitches and that there was a sign, either uh, a whistle or a bang, on, on more than 40% of those uh, of those pitches, um, and Bolsinger, you know, came in. The score was seven to two. By the time he left, um, it was twelve to two. The game was out of hand, uh, and that was the last time that Mike Bolsinger pitched in the majors. Now, so what's the basis for you for him having a lawsuit? not against the players who uh, were involved, but against the Houston Astros limited liability company and some of the owners of the team. Well, we know it was an organizational scheme. Um, the organization's trying to blame it as to blame it on an intern who they've since promoted to, um, you know, an executive position. Um, but this was structural and systemic within the Astros and it came from the top and, one of the key things that we emphasize in the complaint was in many ways, this was a financial scheme. And you go back to when the Astros were acquired back in 2011 or 2012 for about $300 million. And through the cheating that took place and through their winning of the World Series, um, uh, the team value increased dramatically to being in excess of you know, $2 billion, or at least that's what it was prior to the uh, pandemic striking. And so in many ways, the cheating was institutionalized so that the team could make money and win um, at the expense of other players. Um, you know, in, in baseball, like in other uh, types of uh, uh, industries, like, such as being a litigator, you know, it's sometimes it's a zero sum game. You know, one side wins, one side, you know, one side loses. And here, the losers lost financial, significant financial interests, including, you know, my client who lost his career as a result of the cheating. And we know very specifically that it was on that game that was the straw that broke the camel's back where the Toronto Blue Jays, um, you know, demoted uh, Mike Bolsinger because of his performance in, in that game. Um, and there's no other, I, I think we should all as a society or in the legal community say, well, that's, that's a wrong that was committed. Um, and when there are wrongs that are committed that impact your finances, there, there should be a remedy. Um, and absent one in the collective bargaining agreement, which there is none, um, you go to the courts. And the court system is uh, where we filed this case. And as I've analogized, you know, in, in other interviews it would be no different as a litigator 
if my opponent went into my computer, knew my oral argument beforehand, had a comeback to everything, and defeated my arguments because he had that unfair advantage and I got, you know, and I got fired. And I would, I would also say this, you know, the fact that Mike Bolsinger is a journeyman to me makes it all the more devastating what happened to him. And I like to believe that in many ways, we're all more like Mike Bolsinger than we are like Clayton Kershaw. Um, you know, not everyone is born with that gift, you know, who can be so, um, you know, who, who goes out there and performs at the, you know, at the top, 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 top percent. Each of us, we show up to our work, we work hard, um, and we try to do the best that we can. And the fact that, you know, somebody would come in and cheat and cost us our job is just something that, you know, isn't okay in any form. Absolutely. You know, I watched the clip of that uh, 15 minutes that he was in the game and he had pretty good stuff. Um, you know, he's a, a pitcher that throws in the high 80s, low 90s. Pitch placement and deception is obviously very important to him. Um, and it just seemed like you could hear you could hear the whistling before the pitches were coming in. Seven to two Astros. Reddick is at first base. You know, the seven batters that he faced, you could they just teed up on him. There's another one deep to right. is back. This one's gonna go. Marlon A three-run home run. You know, it's clear that they knew what was coming. Another sad piece of the chapter is he's from the Houston area, and so all of his family and friends were at that game too. And kind of right. saw him get humiliated. Well, you know, that's uh, that's a difficult part of the game. Now, let, let me talk to you about the, the residency. So you said he's from Texas. He was pitching in Texas at the Astros Minute Maid Park. Um, yet this case is venued in the Superior District of uh, uh, Los Angeles County in California, where, just <coughs> coincidentally, um, the Astros beat the Dodgers in the World Series in 2017. Um, are you going to be able to hold a venue in California? I, I hope so, is the, is the short answer. And it's, it's not coincidental. I mean, it's, it's very intentional, um, you know, which is, you know, and I make no, um, you know, I'm not trying to hide the fact that that's one of the bases for jurisdiction, which is that the ultimate conclusion of their fraud occurred in L.A. Um, when you win the World Series, um, which they did that year, um, you get a bonus. You know, you get a bonus um, for getting that far. You know, and, and I think the number was around thirty million dollars extra the team got for winning the World Series, um, and that doesn't include all of the other kind of intangible. Um, you know, or, or other monetary interests that you get from being a World Series champ, such as, you know, merchandise and, you know, just the prestige of the team, which adds to the team's value. So, you know, what we've, what we've alleged is that the tortious conduct, a lot of the tortious conduct of the scheme took place in Los Angeles, including the scheme's fulfillment in L.A., you know, which was the final kind of actus um, of, the, of the crime. But also, Jim Crane has multiple homes 
in Los Angeles in the Pacific Palisades area. And, um, you know, and, you know, there's another basis of jurisdiction based on his residence. Right. Now, uh, one of your one of the claims that you've brought is under the California Business and Professions Code for unfair and deceptive uh, business practices, uh, 17200 um, against the owners. Um, under that standard, are you going to have to show that there was knowledge or intent on, behalf, on the part of the owners? Or, or a kind of reckless, you know, or kind of a reckless failure to, uh, you know, to, to supervise. So, um, you know, here, what Crane has alleged, you know, at least publicly, the claim is that everybody else was doing it. They had spreadsheets. They had uh, a code name for it. They had, um, you know, uh, you could hear it. Um, but, you know, if, if you believe Crane, his claim is, I, I knew none of this was, you know, was going on. Um, but look, that's what, that's what you, I, I find that somewhat preposterous um, uh, for someone who holds an asset like that and is intimately involved in the asset the way he is not to know that that was going on. But look, we have depositions uh, for that purpose where we will take Jim Crane's deposition under oath. We've noticed uh, the deposition of Jim Crane given all of the issues with uh, health and safety issues surrounding COVID, um, you know, we've been accommodating um, uh, uh, to say the least in terms of when that deposition is gonna take place. Obviously everyone's health and safety during these times comes first, um, but, 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 but we'll have his deposition and, uh, you know, and we'll ask it and go, in, go into the jurisdictional point that you raised um, you know, they, they, the Astros have filed a motion to say, we want this case to be in Houston, which doesn't surprise me that the Houston Astros want the Houston Astros cheating case in Houston before a Houston judge doesn't surprise me. We've asked for Crane's deposition. The Astros have said, we will, um, only allow him to be deposed on the issue of jurisdiction. Um, and we've said basically great. Um, in your jurisdictional motion that you filed, you attached the declaration of Jim Crane, which discusses all of the major league baseball reports, and you claim that he's vindicated. Um, and so if that's your claim and you're claiming he's vindicated in your jurisdictional motion, surely that was important to you for jurisdiction. And I think that's fair game in whatever deposition, you know, is taken of Jim Crane. So that's where I think the next battle is going to be fought over. Um, and, you know, they, they got a very good firm, Houston Hennigan, who's representing uh, the Astros. I get along with them. I've worked on them in other cases before. And, uh, you know, the litigators are handling it professionally, diligently on both sides and moving the case forward. So right now there's a, a motion uh, for change of venue that's pending. And uh, the, the court's going to permit you to take some uh, limited discovery regarding the, the venue motion. Uh, well, the, the parties are working out the details of the deposition, um, whereas Astros want the deposition, I, I suppose, to be purely limited to where does Jim Crane live, um, right. you know, and where where is the Houston Astros? And I, I want the deposition to be, um, I want to be able to question them on 
all of the facts that they raised in their jurisdictional motion. Um, and for example, they've attached the Major League Baseball report because one of their bases of why there shouldn't be jurisdiction in Los Angeles is because they claim that nothing wrong happened and they claim to be vindicated by the commissioner's report, which I disagree with. Um, so surely if that's an argument they're making to support their jurisdictional motion, it's my view that I should at the very least be able to ask them questions about it in a deposition. Right. Now, um, your client, Mike Bolsinger, um, what is he doing now? He's, he's, he's a family man at this point. He lives in Texas with his wife. He's got a beautiful kid, um, incredible family. He's spending time with them. He's a great father and, you know, he still practices. He's still ready for the call. He had an incredible year the next year after he got dropped by the Toronto Blue Jays in Japan. Um, so if he got the call, he'd be ready, you know, he'd be ready. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing is when you have an outing like that, um, and you have kind of a journeyman career, once you kind of fall like that, you don't really get second chances, you know, in, in, in the big leagues at least. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but if a team were to reach out to him, you know, he'd, he'd be ready to answer that call. So, so after this fateful game, uh, the Blue Jays sent him down to the minors. He actually did pretty well the rest of the year uh, in the minor leagues, uh, posted a, a, a decent uh, ERA uh, for the rest of the year in the minors, then didn't get picked up the following year, uh, went to pitch in Japan, and actually did pretty well in Japan as well. Played great. Played great in Japan. Um, and, you know, moved back to spend some time with his family. One of the issues of kind of being out in Japan was his wife was pregnant at the time. And so he had to raise a kid in Japan, which was, you know, obviously difficult. But that's also one of the consequences, you know, of, of the cheating scandal. Right. Uh, you know, that, you know, here you had someone who, you know, had worked their whole life. You know, baseball was his dream. Played at University of Arkansas you know, worked his butt off every single day and then achieved his dream, you know, had some injuries, but fought back. This was his second chance playing with the Toronto Blue Jays, was having an, you know, an okay season, some, some games great, some games not so great, but, but doing his thing. And then this is the, you know, this is the event, this cheating event that, that takes his career away. And, he, you know, and, and one of the things Mike always says is, look, I'm all about personal responsibility. If, if at the end of the day, I wasn't good enough or you want to cut me, you know, because I, I wasn't good enough. Of course, like I'm not I'm not complaining about that. But on that day, you took my ability to be accountable away from me. And if I knew that I didn't perform that game because it was me, then, you know, I'm I'm. I could live with that. But the fact that I know that, that that game that took my career away was because of cheating, you know, is, you know, is, is problematic. And, and the most crazy and absurd thing about it, too, is, you know, the Astros just take almost no responsibility or accountability for this. Like, they, they act like it, it's, it's no problem. And when you see them in the press conferences, when you see them talk about the issue, when you see their legal filings... It's just like, whatever, we cheated, we made billions of dollars, get over it. And, you know, to me, there's just something inherently wrong about that. 
Yeah, you know, one of the uh, unfortunate things about this uh, shortened baseball season is that uh, there's not going to be any fans in the stadium. And so the anticipated uh, booing of the Astros because of the revelation of this conduct is not really going to take place. Uh, I think they were really going to be taken to task by the fans around uh, the major leagues. And now, I guess, fortunately for them, uh, they're going to have they're going to avoid having to face uh, the fans in each of these cities for for their conduct. Look, it's it's been, it was going to be a disastrous disastrous season for the Houston Astros. I think the problem the problem is it's become a disastrous season for America, and it's become a disastrous season for for all of us. And while you know the Astros lawsuit was the most talked about lawsuit in the country when we filed it several months back, you know, and then, and then COVID hit, you know, and our, uh, our economy crashed, our, our, you know, our, our country's in a, a horrible position right now. Obviously the Astros case, you know, isn't getting the same attention it did, but in some sense, it's important that we do as a society focus on, uh, you know, on, on what's going on in this country because, you know, we're, we're definitely headed in, in a wrong direction and uh, need to do something about that. Yeah, right. Speaking of that, um, let's talk a little bit uh, to the extent you can about your case uh, representing Colin Kaepernick in his collusion case against the NFL. Now, I know that uh, that case was settled and you're subject to a confidentiality uh, agreement, but uh, tell us a little bit about your strategy about uh, in that case uh, and bringing this uh, as a as a collusion case. Well, look, I I, I, I can't talk much about the the Colin case at at, at, at this point, but I, I I'll say this about I'll say this about representing Colin. Um, you know, Colin's been the most inspirational person I've I've ever met. Um, I've been fortunate to have him as both a client. Um, and, and a very close friend, um, someone who I've drawn an incredible deal of inspiration to in h- how I work and the dedication and focus that I put into each and everything. And to have a situation where in 2017, September 21st, Huntsville, Alabama, the president of the United States is, you know, calling Colin Kaepernick uh, a son of a bee. Um, and um, and, and where we are today with the recognition of everything that Colin um, was saying um, and doing and standing for then um, is at the forefront of everything we're seeing now and a renewed interest in civil rights, seeing the images of people taking a knee across the country um, you know, and, and the world um, as part of Colin's powerful you know, you know, message um, uh, to bring attention to systemic racism and systemic injustices in the country is is incredible and humbling, and I, I'm I'm honored to to just be be a part of that piece of of, of history and and being being by his side. Well, in that regard, uh, you're leading an, uh, a political action committee called Midas Touch. Tell us about, a little bit about uh, Midas Touch and, and, and what that does. So during the quarantine, 
Um, uh, my brothers and I, obviously, I have a civil rights background that you talked about at the beginning of the show. My younger brother, Brett, who's uh, 30, was a digital editor at the Ellen DeGeneres uh, show. My other brother, Jordan, is a marketing executive in New York who's done campaigns for AT&T and, uh, and, and New Jersey Nets and others. We all put our kind of minds together as we were seeing these disastrous Trump press conferences um, and seeing the disastrous way, direction we felt our country was headed in. We're all lifelong Democrats. Um, and we said, how can we put our talents together um, in a way that makes a difference? That was a time when courts were shut down. Um, I couldn't be taking depositions at that time because, you know, uh, during the global pandemic, everything pretty much had shut down. And so we structured these videos that we would make that are, um, you know, videos that are, you know, anti-Trump, I think pro-democracy. Um, and they started taking off. The way we structure these videos are very similar to how I'd argue a case in front of a jury, except in 30 to 60 second kind of soundbite forms. And there are many indictments on Trump and the Trump administration. And so the videos took off. Um, you know, we've released about 45 videos in the past uh, 70 days. Um, the average video gets about two to three million views, um, probably hundreds of millions of views if you add up the total of all of our of all of our videos. Um, fortunate enough, CNN did a great, you know, did a good profile on me and the brothers that just dropped um, today about the efforts we're doing there. But the key, the key thing there that I wanted to get out is, you know, there are a lot of lawyers listening to this um, podcast. There are a lot of people out there just thinking, what, you know, what can we do? How do we get involved in any way in the process? And, and the best answer to that is you get involved by getting involved. You know, and if, if three brothers, you know, who are quarantined across the country can, you know, just work amongst ourselves to create this movement that's been incredibly impactful, really anybody can do it. And that's the, that's the one takeaway that I want people to get from our creation of this, of this entity called Midas Touch. Well, for those that are interested, they can they can look for uh, Midas Touch and and uh, what it produces. Ben, we have a feature here on Miranda Warnings called Music Book or Movie, uh, especially during quarantine. It's uh, helpful to uh, share a little bit about uh, something that uh, you think our listeners can take away and and perhaps uh, enlighten them uh, during their lockdown period. Well, uh, in addition to checking out Midas Touch and our various videos there, which is spelled M-E-I-D-A-S-T-O-U-C-H, and you can find us at Midas Touch on Twitter. I, I you know, I, I watched, uh, well, well, I'm not sure if this would be enlightening, I watched uh, the movie Palm Springs on uh, Hulu recently, and I, I enjoyed it uh, kind of to kind of escape from a lot of the craziness and chaos that we see Okay, Palm Springs. Uh, Palm Springs. I also love. I also love the area of Palm Springs. Um, I'm from LA, but if I could ever escape, I always love escaping to uh, to Palm Springs for a few days to, to get away. So. Well, uh, Ben Micellis, thank you very much for being with us here on Miranda Warnings. We appreciate you giving us your your time, especially during this uh, period of of uh, lockdown. 
And uh, we wish you well, and we wish Mike Bolsinger well with the lawsuit. And uh, you know, we'll have to we'll have you back when uh, we get an update on uh, on your lawsuit. Great, thanks so much for having me. Great, thank you, Ben. Good luck. Thanks for listening to Miranda Warnings. I encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe to Miranda Warnings, a NISBA podcast, available on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.